Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now that you've found UBN Radio and discovered our quality talk shows, it's time to spread the word to friends, family, and the universe. 24 hours of music and talk. Radio without limits. That's why people keep coming back for more. That's UBNRadio.com. Welcome to Richard Listens on Sports. I'm your host, Peter Sobey. We're here at the UBN Radio TV Universal Broadcasting Network at the beautiful Sunset Gower Studios in beautiful, sunny Hollywood, California. If you're watching us from somewhere else, today was beautiful. It's like 80 degrees today, but alas, we are not a weather show. So this is very exciting today because today is our first show as Richard listens on sports. As you know, we started this show back in August of 2016, and we were the Richard listens show. And as we delved more and more into sports, we brought in the women from the distillery and we became the distill it with Richard listens show. And now you're getting the two for one and the women are starting their own show called The Distillate Show on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, June 27th. And we are now Richard Listens on Sports. And uh, before I talk more about the new rendition of our show, uh, Richard is not here in the studio with us today, Dr. Richard Olberger of Richard Listens. He's in New York. I'll let him tell you more about that. But he is live with us via Zoom here in the studios. So without further ado, Dr. Richard Olberger. Hello, Stanford, Richard. Stanford in solidarity. Yes. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you as well. Good to be seen live from New York, my hometown. Yes. And it actually looks really dark where you're at. Is there any way you can lighten yourself up at all or... We can try. Your face is completely in the shadows. Maybe as much as we love the Stanford baseball hat, maybe if you take that off, we'll see you more. How's that? Yeah, that's a little bit better. Or I can try and get the light up a little bit. Yes. The glory of live streaming radio TV is you get to see us fix things like poor lighting. There you go. That's the best we're going to get it. Of course, here in the beautiful UBN studios the lighting is amazing but over there in new york it looks like you're in your childhood bedroom or something the lighting is but i'm being hosted by uh dear friends who when i was i think eight years old welcomed them into moving into their home and so they're sharing their home with me right now so the welcoming committee returns that's amazing and we're gonna in just a moment go into what brought you to new york city but 
as I introduce the show, um, we have a very special guest in the studio today that I will just tantalize you with that right now, but she's sitting right here across from me, and I'm so excited about this guest. And I know you are too as well, Dr. Richard, because you met her the same time I met her. And uh, you can, if you're watching live on facebook.com slash richardlistens, be sure to leave your comments or questions. And as you know from the past, we do our best to get to all your questions and mention your comments on the air. I know I see that part of my old Seville crew is here, A.J. Collier. He's uh, one of our biggest contributors. Hello, A.J. So, Richard, before we get into what brought you to New York City and coming in via Zoom on the show tonight, uh, maybe expound a little bit about uh, This Is It, our debut show of Richard Listens on Sports. And you kind of came up with a great perspective on what's going to kind of be the show motto and what we're all about here at Richard Listens on Sports. Yeah, well, we just want to keep things fresh. We want to give the best perspective on sports, life, the stories that all our guests tell, their intersections with sports, their journey as athletes, their journey through their love of sports. And uh, we want to talk about the intersection between the athlete and their playing experience. So we're not here just to talk about scores uh, or results. We're here to talk about process. And so this is our opportunity to expound on that a little bit more and to give a little bit more space, um, to explore further with our guests. So yeah, it's amazing the format, the new segments and to be bringing on people and calling guests to hear about where they're at and what they're accomplishing and to share their news with us. We're here to tell their stories and to be a part of their journey. I love it. And of course, you know, we go even further into sports. It could be performance, artists, the whole gamut, you know, anything that kind of requires performing like sports. That's right. Or high-powered professors at big-name universities. Yes. As you were wearing your Stanford hat a little bit ago, that's a little bit of a hint as to who our in-studio guest is tonight. But um, one of the things, too, is a little bit later in the show, about 8.45 p.m., we are going to have Garrison Reese calling back in. As you know, he's our good friend of the show and a fitness trainer to the stars and to Dr. Richard. And he is on American Ninja Warriors as we speak right now. So that is pretty exciting. He's going to tell us all about his experience on the show. Oh, that picture. He's going to tell us his experience on the show and how it went for him. A lot of people out there have already seen it. So that's going to be great. So now, Richard, um, you know, I guess on a real getting real note, if we want to talk about Richard Listens on Sport being conversations about life and sports and the intersections in between, uh, there's a pretty big intersection going on that you're experiencing there in New York City. So uh, can you tell us uh, what brought you to NYC? Yeah, um, I'm here. We know that, uh, you know, there could be no uh, death without life or no life without death. And unfortunately, uh, it was a sudden passing of a childhood friend uh, who was my teammate in tons of backyard sports and and all those games where we lined up Jets versus Giants. And uh, unfortunately, he lost his uh, battle. Um, 
with uh, with mental illness and um, uh, after many years. So I'm here, unfortunately, to uh, also commemorate his life and his friendship and to bring together all the people that remember him and everything that he's brought uh, to our lives. It's been pretty amazing. Um, some of the photos I sent you earlier, we have people together from uh, New York, New Jersey, D.C., uh, Virginia, California, people mobilized uh, a pretty short notice and um, hopefully to make some meaningful memories out of this uh, this experience. Yeah, Jarvis, can you bring up photo number 16 there? Do you have that? This is uh, Richard. We're bringing up a photo of you as a much younger man with Andreas. And uh, first of all, I can't believe how young you're looking there, but this is the, the gentleman that we're talking about. And then here's you with some of your old friends in your much younger days. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, um, you know, and there's a lot of, lot that people uh, need to learn about, um, you know, schizophrenia and related disorders and um, a lot that I want to commit myself to continue to learn. And it can affect athletes and it can affect professors. We know from movies like um, Beautiful Mind uh, with uh, – Russell Crowe, I believe that's the name of the, the movie. Um, but, uh, you know, where there's just many different voices and ideas and creativity and inspiration, and sometimes it can get overwhelming. So this has been tremendous learning. It doesn't always happen uh, in early life, and it doesn't mean that somebody's uh, necessarily um, homeless or destined for Skid Row, and this can happen in every wonderful, loving, caring home in America uh, with very educated and caring, conscious parents. So um, it's painful, but uh, enriching to to share that perspective. So Richard, um, you know, let's, on a final note for the situation, you're a psychologist, you deal with people dealing with problems. And obviously it's interesting now because, you know, you're dealing with this with yourself. But what advice do you give to your friends in this situation, the family, to other people out there that have experienced something like this? You know, we just lost Chris Carnell a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm just really amazed even in this process of putting it out there. I know that social media often can be a dangerous tool, but just reaching out to people for help and how people from uh, my current life or from the past life, high school and things like that really united and offered support to one another and really rallied. Uh, so, you know, the key to resilience with any kind of stress or, or, or illness is that support. Um, so I'm, you know, hoping the family is uh, really welcoming the support, healing wounds with people that uh, are connected to them and really love them and uh, are letting all that in for their own system as they begin a transition. Um and that they also allow themselves time to grieve because um, even if we know there's a long battle going on, it's just still a lot of shock uh, when something happens suddenly like this. So we've already got a couple of comments for you, Richard. Uh, Christina Ariel Tigner, do you know her? We do. Recently so, married, Miss Christina Ariel Tigner. So she says, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm glad that you can be with others that loved him to honor and remember him. Sending love to you. That's from Christina. 
Thanks, Christina. And our friend A.J. Collier, sorry for your loss, Dr. Richard. Friends are the family that you choose. Thoughts and prayers coming your way, sir, from our friend A.J. Yeah, yeah, and especially in this case, such a beautiful, beautiful circumstance of a family that always uh, open their doors to this day to everybody as children. Uh, we joked, I joked with uh, my friend's father how he would wake up in the morning and I'd be uh, making a bagel with cream cheese in his fridge. So take special people to have that kind of openness and welcoming. And that is the foundation for community and relationship for your children when you do that as parents, when you create that kind of safe, stable environment. So I'm really grateful and thankful uh, for what they've done for me and uh, the effects on pursuing psychology and education as a career. Wow, great advice and great words. And on a final note, I think we already showed the picture, but maybe we could put that up again, Jarvis, there, the picture number 17. This is your childhood home, Richard. You got a chance to drive by? Yeah, first thing off the plane, just uh, went to get a little glimpse of the colors of New York and a little upstairs window uh, where, of course, uh, there was still indoor basketball going on. Uh, but uh, it's nice to get reconnected with your, your roots for a moment. And really, the blue and green in that photo are amazing. It's such a beautiful photo. Thank you. But always nice to touch base with your roots. So anyway, so yes, my heart and thoughts go out to you and to Andres' family and friends. And uh, and now we move on, and we you, we hope yeah. to lift. And, and I'll be doing, just like I tell a lot of my guests, there'll be time just walking these streets, just kind of sensing and reorienting myself to the environment and just allowing uh, – the healing to happen while reconnecting with some of uh, old friends and reminiscing together. And so now hopefully we will lift and inspire and motivate people out there as we move on with the debut of the Richard Listens on Sports show. And here's what I love, Dr. Richard. So right now, yesterday, the Pittsburgh Penguins just won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Wow. You know, we're in the middle of the NBA Finals. It kind of looks like we know what that's going to end up like. Um, We have the Major League Baseball draft happening tonight, starting. So lots of big stories. But here at Richard Listens on Sports, you know, there's other networks out there that you can hear conversations about those things. You know, they're fine and nice, but we take a different perspective on sports. And that's why I'm really excited about our guest tonight because, you know, she's not a professional athlete. But she has definitely lots of athlete experience in her past. But uh, I'm going to actually introduce her, and then I'm going to kind of go into some of her resume because this woman is an amazing woman. So she is a lecturer co-chair of Publications Committee Program in Writing and Rhetoric, Vice President Provis for Undergraduate Education, at Stanford University, it is Dr. Kathleen Tarr. <laughs> Hello. From Stanford University. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. What a title. <laughs> so I can't believe we're so lucky to have you down here live in the studio from Stanford. I am the lucky one. Well, well apologies, uh, Dr. Kathleen. I wish I could be there. Oh, I know. I wish you were here, too. I'm very sorry, Dr. Richard. No so problem. we will... We will agree to disagree that we are the lucky ones. So (laughs) let me just lay some of this on you on the audience here. And excuse me that 
I'll kind of look down occasionally to, to read because I, I can't memorize all this, Dr. Kathleen. This is crazy. <laughs> so she's got her BA in rhetoric from U of California, Berkeley. Oh, just, you know, another West Coast Ivy League school. Oh, and speaking of Ivy League, <laughs> she got her law degree at Harvard on the East Coast. And now she's a professor, right, at Stanford. Lecture. Another a lecturer at Stanford. Yeah. Another Ivy League West Coast <laughs> school. So just a couple little things. So also, just to give you a little flavor of her diversity, she is a former Skadden fellow. She might have to tell us what that is. Entertainment and media expert and educator with over a decade of professional experience instructing advanced writing and mathematics. What? <laughs> 15 years of experience producing, directing, and acting, and 20 years' experience as a published author, editor, and public speaker. <laughs> I am, my mind is blown, especially that you have experience teaching writing and mathematics. Yes. Most people who are artistic, their minds don't work that way. Mine certainly doesn't. I don't know how you do that. I love math. I love the science. I'm from a STEM family, so I'm actually the one who went off and ventured into something else. But I love the sciences. I love STEM. I love math. Wow. And you know the acronym now is STEAM. It's supposed to be science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Interesting. I had not heard that yet. Yeah. So, Dr. Richard, I know you're keeping a list over there and making notches in your notebook. So that is number one, the first thing we've learned tonight from Kathleen. (laughs) Oh, no, there's a tally. There is now. So the acronym for STEAM. So before we delve deeper, I also want to point out you have an amazing shirt on. Oh, yes. I love it. Thank you. And Jarvis, can we pull up picture number? Let's see here. Okay, he's got it. So (laughs) this is a shirt by your friend for 20 years. Yeah. Cisco Ponce Jr., who's amazing, a singer, architect, artist. This shirt that I'm wearing right now is called Cryberdeen. <laughs> I assume after uh, Hunger Games, a play on that. But yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. And I would tell everyone to look at the circles close to you. And when you're thinking of purchases, buy and promote uh, people that you actually really like. You like them in addition to their product. I love that. And we had his graphic up on the screen. You can find his art and clothing and such at Society6.com slash X-I-S-C-O-P-O-N-C-E-J-R. Yeah. And there's more amazing things like that. Absolutely. And I love that, Kathleen. So like when you're thinking about shopping for new clothes or something for your home or your apartment or, Mm -hmm. yeah, why not reach out to your circle of friends and support them before heading to Crate and Barrel or The Gap? Yeah, absolutely. When I got married, I knew a friend of mine loved to bake. She wasn't a professional baker, but I said, can you bake the cake and I'll pay you for it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a great way to do things. I love that. Yeah. And so that shout out goes to Cisco. Is it Cisco or Cisco? Cisco. Yeah. So it's great. I love the shirt. You saw the graphic. Go to his website at Society6 and check him out. So Dr. Kathleen Tarr. Yes. You have such a long list of things that you are known for. You and I, though, met just back in February. Mm-hmm. We met virtually over email, you know, probably a year ago mm-hmm. or so. Through Amy. Through Amy Peets. Yeah. 
who I don't know if you know or not, but she just booked a new show. Yeah, with Jason Alexander. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's going to be so great. She says it's a modern day Partridge family. Yeah, and she's, I can't wait to she's see She's the it. matriarch, he's the patriarch, and mm-hmm. they dragged her family around singing. It <laughs> should be really great. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I'm so grateful to Amy for introducing us because you gave a symposium up at Stanford University that was called... It's Getting Played, and this was the third symposium on equity in the entertainment industry and awards. And you had me there to speak about uh, disability in the entertainment industry, which is great. Mm -hmm. And there were other amazing speakers there. Let's see. Jennifer DeVere, Brody, Dexter Mm -hmm. Davis, Merton Running Wolf, Felix Sanchez. The keynote by Tamila Gresham was amazing. Yeah, it was. And and who did you pass out the awards to? Well, gosh, can I? I sort of have this long list of people in my head that I've given awards to. The awards uh, went to Taraj Yegizarian. Who else got one last year? Valina Brown, uh, Lily Tongue Crystal. I know I'm going to leave people off. But these are some amazing people who the awards are specifically supposed to go to people for acts that uh, enhance equity in the entertainment industry that normally go unrecognized. So, for example, our first year, it was one person received an award, Ana Maria Luera, just because in her household they try to support only those productions that are equitable. Uh, it also went that first year to uh, Kevin Ralston for turning down a role that asked him to ask, act more gay. Like these types of activities, which normally people wouldn't get recognized for, but they are all the building blocks toward equity and need to be remembered. That is amazing. So this was the third annual. Yeah. And at the second annual, you had Amy Peets. Mm-hmm. And that's how you met me. But what made you decide to start this three years ago when you did the first annual symposium? Well, Stanford is fantastic in its support of my work in this area. So part of it was that I had the opportunity. They gave me a budget even, you know, to do it. And I'd, I've been working toward equity in the entertainment industry probably since 2000 or so when I actually became an actor. And I certainly have for a long time always thought that the people who did the heavy lifting frequently are ignored when the history books start writing the tales. And I wanted to make sure those people knew how much they meant to various causes, but certainly this one, equity. And so that's the awards component that was added. Wow, that's amazing. And Dr. Richard, you were actually up at Stanford with me for the symposium. And before we get your take on it, we just want to say hello to another fan of the show checking in, Mike Swimney. And I know, Mike, you are Mike Swimney. Or, oh my God, now I'm double wrong. Mike Swinney. I can't get his name right for the life of me. So he's gone from Mike Swimney to Mike Swimmy, to Mike Swinney. It's because you want to put swim in there. And yeah. It's a sports show. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> okay, that's the second notch, Dr. Richard. So, Dr. Richard, you are up at Stanford just really quick. Uh, uh, you got to experience the whole symposium that Dr. Kathleen put on. What did you think about it? Really blown away. I hope I have the pronunciation uh, correct. I believe it's Roti. Agbabiaka. Oh, Rotimi Agbabiaka, yes, who did a performance. He did a performance. And, you know, just starting off the conference with um, such a moving portrayal and perception um, of bias and struggle um, was moving. And everybody who spoke was committed, uh, passionate, and 
Philly. And uh, I was really blown away. I was really moved um, how uh, people were even kind of pushing Peter along with his work uh, to, do, to do more and um, to speak his voice. And it's so empowering uh, to walk out of there and uh, telling lots of people about that conference. I think more should attend. And I was glad to be a fly on a wall Thank amongst you. Uh, those great souls. Thank you. And so are you in the midst of planning the fourth annual? I sure am. Yep, absolutely. And it's going to be next February at Stanford again, right? Yeah, I think it might be March. The Oscars will be in March. It always tries to be around the Oscars. I think next year is in March. So it probably, I think, is tentatively March 9th. So look for it then. All right. Very exciting stuff. So now we are going to get into like the whole sports in your life because I want to get into the football yeah. and that. <laughs> but still, like in the vein that we're at right now, um, at Stanford University. Mm-hmm. So you're a, well, what's the delineation between a lecturer and professor at Stanford? I mean, you, you're there at Stanford. That's where you mm-hmm. live and work, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there are probably some lecturers who would say there really shouldn't be a delineation, but there is. And so faculty are the ones you can call professors, and we're technically academic staff. Yeah. Interesting. And so mm-hmm. some of the courses that you've taught there at Stanford include... The last hoppy on earth, or is Hopi. it Hopi? Mm-hmm. Boy, I'm I'm horrible. Swimmy, swimney, hoppy, hopi. Actually, you know, like I grew up in a place called Carpentersville, and it was all Indian streets. So I grew up on Cherokee Road, and one street mm-hmm. over was Hopi, but I always called it hoppy growing up. And mm-hmm. as I became older and realized I was mispronouncing it all those years, it really got me down. And here I mispronounce it again. It's got hop in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Number three, Richard, <laughs> keeping it with the sports theme, <laughs> right. swim, hop. Right. So the last Hopi on Earth, mm-hmm. the rhetoric of entertainment inequity, mm-hmm. strategic planning, aesthetic and interpretive inquiry, engaging diversity and social and racial justice. Yeah, that's not, yeah, that's not all in the title, <laughs> but that's what it was doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So that's one of the courses. Yeah. Second one, a rebel with a cause, the mm-hmm. rhetoric of giving a damn. Yep. So what does that mean? Well, I love the title. Yeah, it teaches students uh, academic research and writing in the oral presentation of research. But what I really try to focus students on is what do they want to change in the world and try to motivate them to start it now. So whatever research project they take on, which I let them pick anything, it's about what do you want to move in the world? What do you want to start changing? That's amazing. Wow. One more that I'll mention is... The Great and Powerful Oz, the Rhetoric of Spokespersons. Yeah, that was the previous version of my sophomore level class. Yeah. And then the the freshman class that may not be in there is The Great and Powerful Oz, uh, the Rhetoric of Modern Mythology. Okay. And yeah. actually, I see one, too, called The Emperor's New Clothes, the Rhetoric of Modern Mythology. Oh, that's what I, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Did I say The Great and Powerful Oz again? You did, yeah. Well, hey, it's rubbing off. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Don't let me rub off too much on you because we need to get some more wisdom and motivation out of you, Kathleen, before the end of the show. Otherwise, we're going to be in big trouble here. Um, Dr. Richard, how amazing are those courses? I especially love the rhetoric of giving a damn to like inspire people to make changes in the world. What do you make of that? You cut out on the question for me. Richard is here with us on the Richard Listens on Sports show live via Zoom. And our connection's a little bit wonky, but can you, my can you repeat the question one more time? I'm, yeah, uh, I'm, the question is, uh, what did you think about 
her class to motivate students to make a change in the world. I love that Dr. Tar is inspiring others, and you can see it uh, being in the presence of being at the conference and giving them the permission to take those liberties to not just pass a class or get a grade but to uh, research what makes them and to research what can in the overall structures of media uh, and so I was really blown away about um, statistically about how many people and relationships between minorities and women and people with disabilities um, and how they're represented and how we, we just begin to take that as a matter of being and a matter of the way things are done. So to encourage uh, students to be active together, connected and using their voice to empower one another and to question the system, uh, you can feel the lifeblood in that and the power to create change. So I'm inspired and it's crazy. It's such an amazing thing as a student. You don't feel, you know, a degree or a checkbox or complete a course. You feel like you are becoming a part of a community that's inspiring you to be more and to fulfill your potential. Yes. You are coming a little bit in and out on us, Richard. I guess uh, we can hear what you're saying, but it is going in and out just a little bit, but does it look like you have some good connection there? Uh, it does. Okay, we'll keep going with it as long as you can continue to hear us. And we're definitely getting the best of you. So I do want to move on, Dr. Kathleen. There is like kind of another side of you, a whole other side of you. <laughs> but actually, first, before we get to that, I want to remind our audience, if you're watching on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash richardlistens, Write your comments or questions. We'll try to get to it. In about 15 minutes, we'll be hearing from Garrison Reese telling us all about his experience tonight on American Ninja Warrior, which is actually airing right now, so hopefully you're not watching that. <laughs> but you can always watch us later, or you could watch that later. So just make sure if you're listening and you don't want to know what happened, we're going to tell you what happened. So spoiler alert. Anyway, before we get to the other side of Dr. Kathleen in the spirit of that you're motivating students, you're a, a, such a motivating, inspirational person. Mm -hmm. And you kind of shared some motivational posters with mm -hmm. me. And we're going to get to yours last because I love yours. <laughs> but I do want to kind of get to a few reference motivational posters that you sent because to me they're not like the typical kind of motivational sayings that you mm -hmm. see every day. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting and so, Richard, you could see the screen, right? I don't see the posts. Well, we'll we'll be putting them up. I just wanted to make sure you could see. So the first oh, yeah. one I'll put up, I kind of get. Okay, so Jarvis, this is photo number 20, the Nike photo. Mm -hmm. And the tagline is, there is no finish line. Right. Like, just, I get it. You know, that's really inspiring and motivating. And what, what does that one mean to you? Yeah, that, I mean, that was from college days. At the time, I was competing uh, in track and field, so I was on Berkeley's team as a thrower. And it was just to keep trying to be better, that it wasn't like I was ever going to get to that point where I was good enough and I could just skate. It was just keep going, keep going. And that's kind of your motto you were talking about, right? Yeah. Like when you're out there, just 
Yeah, keep I think fighting in life, and keep going. Yeah, it's just sort of how I live and and struggle as well. It's just just to keep pushing, keep fighting, keep going. Yeah, there are bruises, and you just keep getting up, and you just keep going. And I love that too. I told you earlier, but my motto in life's always been. Don't just survive, thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, always push yourself forward and push harder. Mm-hmm. I know you as well, Dr. Richard, you're always talking about this sort of thing. About thriving? Yeah, and just the motivation to keep moving forward, looking ahead. Well, it's also, you know, what happens to you from a neurobiological perspective when you're just surviving, you know, that the system that will help you stay alive and protect yourself. And the body has a lot of protective defense mechanisms to do it. It also takes up a lot of energy and resource and it's impossible to be, you know, garnering more energy to take on a new challenge when you're just fending off attackers. So um, it's important to kind of become aware of things like fear or doubt or things that are getting in the way of our thriving because we're so busy surviving. (laughs) Psychology uh, alert. That was some really (laughs) awesome psychology, Dr. Richard. I love it. Uh, I don't know if I'm lucid, but uh, (laughs) I'm happy to clarify. And so our friend AJ is throwing an inspirational line out there. Life is a sport. Go play it. We all love Mm -hmm. that one. Wow. Kathleen, the second poster is... We are going for number 22, Jarvis. It's Bob Golick of mm-hmm. the Bob and Mike show on ESPN. But mm-hmm. his uh, quote is, the best feeling in the world is coming off the field feeling totally beat up. Yeah. What does that one mean to you? That's like really <laughs> interesting for a motivational quote. Yeah. Well, I also was a defensive tackle. So that was very much related to me growing up playing football and just feeling like, yeah, I really gave it my all. And how do I know? Because I feel totally beaten up and spent. And, you know, Bob Golick used to talk about it psychologically, emotionally, physically. It's like you just have given it your all. And that for me was certainly a motivation in playing football, but just in life, I think. Again, it ties into like just do as much as you can and embrace the feelings that most people might say that doesn't feel very good, but actually just actually love it because it symbolizes how hard, hard you worked. And I love that. I mean, it seems kind of basic, but I love that inspiration and motivation that if you are doing something, whether it's school, business, sports, performing, whatever it is, if you aren't giving your 150% at the end of the day feeling like I have just given every ounce of my being to this, then what are you doing? Yeah. I think it's also for activists, right? Which is Mm. also because you can definitely feel really pounded down from activism and trying to fight that good fight. And it'd be really great if people doing that type of work could also feel like, yeah, I feel really beaten up. And that's actually meaning that I'm doing really good stuff. Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, obviously, especially in today's day and age and stuff, and the more you are active in your activism, it's, you know, the more, you know, you get pushed against and Mm -hmm. you sometimes even get pushed against by people in your same corner Mm -hmm. it's hard but you got to keep pushing yeah absolutely so the next one we're going to go to now this one i really want to hear about (laughs) this is the 300 poster it's photo 21 Uh and the quote on this poster from the movie 300 is tonight we dine in hell yeah this one's in my gym at home (laughs) 
<laughs> so what is up with this, Dr. Kathleen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's evolved to this place of like, you may even die today on the battlefield and that's going to be awesome. <laughs> You're just going to give it. it so much that it's just, you know, the quote unquote worst thing that can happen is going to be amazing. Wow. Dr. Richard, do we have a psychological analysis of this? <laughs> oh my God, I'm waiting. <laughs> You know, I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, don't make plans for dinner. You know? <laughs> we're going to be we're going to be down in the muck and we're going to be uh, if we have to go to the deepest pain of destruction to defend what we love. We will do it with all our passion, all our heart, all the, all the brotherhood, all the community uh, and uh, with excitement. That seems to be like the. Um, the advantage of the 300 there's there's absolutely no fear uh, um they're the aggressor and they will protect uh what they know to be theirs with all their skills all their pride and with any means necessary yes good words there dr richard so now we're going to get into the final motivational poster now this one is yours kathleen oh yes and I love this one the best. <laughs> so as you see on the screen here, your quote is, every time I lower my bar of expectations, someone manages to limbo under it. And I just want to scream, it's a high jump. <laughs> I love this. That's like one of the best motivational quotes I've ever heard. Oh, my God. What's the story behind this one? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a comment on uh, what I sometimes call the growing idiocracy, but it's really just trying to get people to understand that it's like you're actually meant to achieve higher than right. what is in front of you, <laughs> not just get under the wire that you're actually supposed to go over it. But at the limbo bar is such a great analogy. Yeah, I've never looked at it that way. and. I'll never look at or think of limbo the same way again. Like, <laughs> I will see it as a very inspirational thing. Awesome. Because it is funny. If you're at a party and a limbo bar pops out, yeah, the first thing you think is like, let's get under that. But why not jump over it? There you go. And keep raising the bar higher <laughs> and higher and higher. <laughs> Don't you think, Dr. Richard? I know. Where's the analysis? I, I, I just love the imagery behind that uh, metaphor. Because right here you are trying to teach and be an example of you know, pushing people to do more. But instead they're saying, oh, well, if you did it and so I get around that amount, if I get, you know, near an A, it's okay. And, and you know, the, the image of jumping over a bar is like, well, you know, helping people to set their own, what do you want to achieve? Yeah. What would you like to gain it from this class besides, you know, um, you know, a mark or what I've set out? What, what would exceed your own expectations. So it also points to personal goal setting and um, now putting limits on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Kathleen Tyre, there's still so much more to talk about. We actually only have like about 10, 12 minutes left of the show. We are going to have Garrison Reese calling in in a few minutes. So keep your eyes open for that Jarvis and uh, a big had a big thank you to Jarvis Essex, our amazing show engineer Yes, he does you. such an amazing job with a smile on his face. I handed him a list of like 30 photos and things, you know, two minutes before the show started. And <laughs> he's got it. No big deal. Whatever. You know, he so knows you throw curveballs, Peter. Yes. So uh, 
but one thing I want to get into, like in the vein of what we're talking about before Garrison calls in, you mentioned you were a defensive tackle in football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I'm opening up like a whole thing here. This is yeah. like a whole hour topic. <laughs> but first of all, just tell us a little bit about the experience and the drive as a young woman wanting to play football and then the obstacles you face because you can only go so far playing football. Yeah, and absolutely. As a woman. Yeah, and absolutely. When I was a kid, too, there's weren't being led on the high school team or something like that, even though I played with the same boys since I was in second grade and still continued to play with them and still played pickup games in college with the boys then, you know, um, yeah. So it was, it was tough because I really liked playing and I was really good at it. But, you know, I remember Coach George in high school who was like, no, you can play powder puff. And I, what is powder puff for a defensive tackle? Like it doesn't, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. What am I going to do with someone's flag? Right. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of tough going and, uh, I ended up eventually getting drafted by the women's American football league in 2001, uh, the Oakland Banshees. Wow. And I think there are still three gridiron teams in the U S for women who play. I think they all have to actually pay in order to play, and the only one you get paid in is now a football bikini league of all things. Mm, I know. Yeah. Uh, and there were so many sports. Oh, did you just pull up? Oh, yeah, that one. That's uh, hilarious. That's my. I'm hoping people will hire me for the tough guy in film. Nice. Like, that's what that's about because I, I don't want to play the nice person. <laughs> so this was yeah, my, that was my effort. <laughs> that was my effort. But anyway, yeah, there were a lot of sports that I really liked to play. And I always liked baseball, even in gymnastics. I was better at rings. I was typically better. And I, maybe it was just because I hung out with boys all the time. But I was typically better at those sports. And then the uniforms for a lot of girls sports turned me off, like tennis and gymnastics. And I was like, I'm not wearing that. And <laughs> so how did your career go in the female American football league? I was, yeah, the Women's American Football League. Yeah, yeah totally benched from, um, from not getting medical clearance from too many concussions. And then the very next year, I got a concussion with the San Francisco Opera. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was the name of the football team or the real? No, it was the Oakland Banshees. But I was literally doing Damnation de Faust with San Francisco Opera. And my, my doctor was like, I cannot get you out on the field with as many concussions as you had. And then I was standing there at the opera doing a show when the blackout curtain came down on my head. Oh, my gosh. I know. So I was like, now, I should just be playing football. What's the point of this? That is irony that there you I are know. acting at the San Francisco Opera. <laughs> no. And you get a concussion. So that can be an activist's area, is uh, concussions and acting. It can, yeah, absolutely. But before Garrison comes on the line here, so what do you think? Like, you know, now you see a story here and there about a girl getting to be like maybe a field goal kicker yeah. on the football team. But yeah. what do you think? Like, what can we do? Is is there anything we could do to stand up for females to be involved more equally with men and boys in sports when they're young? Um, gosh, that's a whole long conversation because it's all about how society sets you up to behave in a certain way and gender roles and what you think you can do and what you can't. Like I had a my squat in college, and this is without steroids, which I know would have been pushed on me if I had played pro, but was 505. Oh and gosh. so, you know, obviously I had a lot of strength and all of that, but was certainly uh told that I couldn't play even though I was stronger than a lot of the people who were playing and that type of thing. So I think it's really just accepting that, yes, you can be female and actually still have these certain skills. And now I row indoors. I compete in indoor rowing just to keep all my injuries together, frankly. I didn't even know that. That's like like notch number eight that you're on an indoor (laughs) rowing team. I love it. Yeah. And Jarvis, I think we have a picture of that squat. Number one, the number one picture is 
this particular one, you're squatting 465 pounds. Yeah, 465. That's college. That is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, those are good times. I loved watching that bar bend. That's a good feeling. And so, <laughs> so yeah, the whole conversation about female athletes, and especially like the younger ones, is like a whole nother topic for another day. And I know yeah. it's something that Richard and I do really like to address youth and sports a lot and stuff. And hopefully down the road, we can dedicate a show more to young females in sports. And mm-hmm. we could maybe have you call in for a few minutes oh, to yeah. give us a little bit more insight into that from your perspective, because you've lived it. Yeah. It's amazing. So, well, it's not amazing that it's not amazing that you hit so many roadblocks, but it's amazing that you kept going and going and going until the San Francisco opera stopped you. (laughs) Gosh, damn San Francisco (laughs) opera. I'm getting some very rich Emory there. Imagery of uh, opera singers trying to detain. Uh, Yeah, it was not a good time. And I was dressed in latex. It was all very scandalous. Uh, Yeah. And you know, it's funny. We, we actually had via Skype our guest that you introduced us to, mm. Dr. Russ Carpenter, yeah. just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was someone that, you know, his life changed due to a sports injury. And yeah. what he did with himself is unbelievable. And for us, like, you know, even though it's not like your opera injury ended, you know, you you there was a ceiling for you, obviously. But thank goodness that you did become who you've become because you are so inspirational to so many people. And I mean, I'm telling you, audience, we've just hit the the peak of the iceberg. So we've only got about four minutes left to the show. We still haven't heard from Garrison yet, so hopefully he'll be calling in momentarily. But in the meantime, there is this whole other side of you that we have barely no time to talk about, but it's the it's the Kathleen Antonio side that ah, is the yes. actress and writer and editor and director, and can I give out your website if people yeah, want to? Absolutely. If you go to cantonia.wix.com/portfolio, and that's k-a-n-t-o-n-i-a dot w-i-x dot com slash portfolio, you could see her acting real. Okay, and we do have Garrison on the line in just a moment, but you could see your comedy reel, your dramatic reel, some of your acting, and. You have a CD on CD Baby mm-hmm. called Next Time. That's photo number 31, Jarvis. And uh, it's running out, though, so you got to run fast to get mm-hmm. Kathleen Antonia's Next Time yeah, CD on CD Baby. <laughs> but that's even a whole other thing, like that you do all this performance, acting, writing, directing, all of that. We will wrap that up in a moment. Garrison Reese, do we have you on the phone? I'm here. Hey, hey, welcome to the show, Garrison. Thank you. How's it going? It's going great. So literally, we have one minute to talk to you, Garrison. So, okay. So, hey, uh, tell us, how was your experience on American Ninja Warrior? It was amazing. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. Um, I made it to the third obstacle, which I was proud of my first year. Um, I will definitely be back. Uh, did you get a chance to see it? We have not seen it yet. Okay. Well, you'll have to see it and let me know what you think. Um, it was great. Like I said before, it was an amazing experience. I'm looking forward to next year. I hope you, I hope you guys follow me on my journey to, um, season 10 of American Ninja Warrior. We definitely will. And I'm sorry that it had to be so short this time around, Garrison, but... 
we'll have you call in on the next show, which is June 26th, Monday night, to get into a little bit more detail about it, all right? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what you learned from your approach and from the challenges these obstacles threw at you, because I know even for accomplished athletes like yourself that are prepared in the gym all the time, that uh, sudden change or different type of obstacle can, can throw off your whole performance. I know you probably couldn't hear Garrison, but that was Dr. Richard praising lots of heap on you. And, I couldn't hear him. And uh, telling you that he definitely looks forward to uh, getting more in-depth into the story on June 26th. So we'll also put some updates definitely. on our, I'm excited. our Facebook page. I'm excited page. to talk about it more. And also virtually, Dr. Kathleen Tarr, meet Garrison Reese. Hi. Hi, how Congrats. you doing? <laughs> Kathleen is a lecturer at Stanford University Garrison so thanks for calling in, Garrison. Okay, we are going to leave you now. I will talk to you soon. And uh, we're going to wrap up the show. Bye, Garrison. Bye. So, Dr. Richard, we actually have zero minutes left, so can we get a little parting word from you, and then we'll say goodbye here from the studio? Parting word is go where you're needed. Reach out for support when you need the help of others to get there. And... Please follow Dr. Kathleen Tarr and all the amazing work that she's doing and that she doesn't do it all on her own, that she is inspiring others and finding passionate causes to keep her going. And that's how she can step into the world of media, diversity, and sports and continue being an amazing contributor to the academic community, the arts community, and the sports community. Amazing. We couldn't have said it better ourselves. And you can find her on Facebook at Fans of Antonia, right? Fans of Kathleen Antonia. Fans of Kathleen Antonia. And so much more we could have went into, but everything you gave us, your story, is so inspirational and motivational. Thank you for coming all the way down from Northern California to be here live in the studio with us. Thank you. And can you give our audience a parting motivational word? I know you've got 8 million <laughs> of them. Oh, my gosh. I just think keep on keeping on. I love it. And that was kind of like the topic of the show based on your suggestion. And Keep on keeping on all the watchers and listeners of Richard Listens on Sports here at UBN Radio TV Broadcasting Network. We will be live again two weeks from tonight on Monday, June 26, 8 p.m. Pacific time. And we will see you then. Thanks so much for watching. So long. Thank you. Thank you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.